We're the anti-communists. Weekdays at 2 on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising the name no matter what You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Matthew Frizzell. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Joining me in the studio, I feel like we just got a little bit more holy in this place. I got some men of God in this place. I mean, I, I'm here usually with the heathens, Don Luzader and, and Frizz over there. <laughs> no denying it, Frizz? I mean, <laughs> no comment. All right, no comment. <laughs> I'm just teasing. We like to have some fun, but we do have a few members of the group concerned pastors of the Ozarks. They're joining us here. And, and I invited, um, I reached out to Calvin uh, a few weeks ago and I was like, Hey, I'd like to get your take on the school board deal. And he put together a, a group here. I've not met, um, one of the gentlemen here, but we have chaplain, um, and he's really Dr. McChrystal. He is, um, he taught at uh, really is about 30, 35, 40 years in education. I know that he taught at the military academy up there. He's no stranger to the show. So, um, Dr. McChrystal, how are you this morning, sir? Just super. Thanks for inviting us. Good to have you here. So we also have Pastor Stephen Rost. He is at Emmanuel Baptist Church. And um, it's the first time having you here, sir. Good to have you here. Thank Thanks. you. Great yeah. to be here. I'm going to sim as a God brother, but, and you're one of my Baptist brothers, but <laughs> I, can, I can remedy that real fast if you want. You say, untie my bow tie, who stole my Honda five times real fast, and you can be one of them. No. Is, no. I don't think my congregation would go for it, so we'll just stay as we are. How's okay, that? there you go, right there. And then we, we got to have some fun, that's right? And then we have um, Calvin Morrow. Um, how are you doing, sir? I am doing quite well. It's good to have you here. Thanks for um, joining us, gentlemen. So let's get into this. Um, I, I think it's so important, and, I, and I've had conversations with a few of you guys, and I know how you feel about this. And uh, we want the people to know what's happening in Springfield with the school board. I just think it's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable, Go. yeah. Uh, we have a complete redoing of the minds of these children. I mean, uh, it is amazing what's happening there. I am uh, recently gave a talk on uh, basically the, the, the uh, revolution that was held in China in the 60s and 70s. We're having a cultural revolution here, and it's happening in our schools, uh, and there's nothing innocent about it. Um, and if anybody has been to the school board meetings, you will know that no matter what remedies you throw at the problems, they get nowhere. Yeah. And so it's kind of neat because I've seen how the formation of this group concerned pastors of the Ozarks, how you guys are, you have been coming together and just talking about what's going on. And so I want to know what wanted you, what made you want to get involved with it. Let me go with you, um, Dr. McChrystal. What made you want to get involved with this group? Well, it's real simple. Number one, my wife used to teach at Hillcrest. Of a daughter that uh, recently taught at uh, Hickory, and uh, they've had some serious problems there. But uh, about three or four months ago, the president of the Springfield School Teachers Union appeared before the board and listed her concerns, mostly focused around disciplinary issues. And we're talking, Alex, we're talking about, um, let's see, throwing chairs, cussing out teachers, threatening other students, threatening to shoot other students, and nothing's happened in terms of uh, any kind of disciplinary action. So I said, the best kind of witness is an eyewitness. So I've gone to several meetings in a row. Last night just was the uh, 
cherry on the top where they were supposed to to meet and uh, and vote on modifying some policy issues, and they chose not to deal with discipline, which is the biggest problem right now. Nothing else is going to happen until they get that straight. So they've just dodged the issue completely, and I couldn't agree more with what uh, uh, Calvin said. And so, you know, Pastor Rost, I mean, seeing you, I mean, a lot of times pastors, congregations, you're leading a congregation now. (laughs) I don't lead a church now. I'm a, you know, I'm a minister. But a lot of times pastors like, well, I don't want to kind of say anything what made you decide, hey, I got to put my voice to this? Well, I lived in California for about 27 years. And then when I moved back to Springfield in 2015, I saw things changing here. I'd grown up here. And I thought, you folks don't want to be like California or any other of the big cities with the stuff going on. Um, I think the church has a biblical mandate to be involved. Uh, Jeremiah 27, uh, 29, 7 says, seek the welfare of the city. Uh, Matthew or Romans 13 tells the church mm-hmm. that we're to honor government, but government's to uphold what is good. And so how does the government know to do good things, whether it's local, state, or federal, um, if the churches aren't teaching people who end up in government? So I think the pastors have a moral and biblical mandate to be involved and engaged in politics and cultural change. We're a change agent, whether we want to admit that or not. Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously agree. I, I know we all do. And so the message is for those other pastors that could be listening, the other lay people in church, mm-hmm. their, their pastor may or may not say something. But when you talk about the influences, Calvin, in this area <clears throat> that are trying to influence what's happening in these school boards. I, I spoke on this yesterday about the two different PACs. You know, you, you have the, um, what is the United PAC? And, and some of these people have been conservative in the past. And then, you know, you have the back on track PAC. Um, I look at it as, I hate to say good versus evil, but I mean, one of these PACs is supporting our conservative candidates. One is not. And you are part of that, aren't you? So absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the things that distinguishes us from the other pack is that they are focused on uniting the community. And I sat down with one of their um, board members. Which isn't a bad thing when you hear that. No, no. On the surface, it's a great ideal. But they don't. one thing they, that they state is they do not deal with any issues. They don't want to make waves. Yeah. So what they're doing, in effect, is uniting around the word unity. And... You know, just go along to get along. That, exactly. They just want to unite. And it's very vague. It's very ambiguous. But really, um, the distinction is we're dealing with the issues. There are real problems and there's real pain and there's real things that are going on in the lives of these children and these parents. And they need to be addressed. They cannot be ignored. So we are dealing with the issues where we're, we're, that's why our voter guide was uh, designed the way it was to deal with the things that the community is concerned about. Well, when you talk about dealing with the issues, they're going to say there was an article in the news leader the other day saying, well, hey, what we're doing is working. Just give us some time, basically. You know, the social, you know, emotional learning, the, you know, the slow walking, removing the whole class from a classroom instead of the disruptive yeah. child. So, Colonel, or, you know, Chaplain McChrystal, Dr. McChrystal, because, I mean, let's give you your your title that you do. I see you over there shaking your head. Give us your thoughts <laughs> on that. Uh, so you, you're not for removing a whole classroom instead of the one troubled child from the class? Is that? Let's put it this way, Alex. When you look across the United States, there are plenty of school systems, public school systems, 
that are doing well. Why? They have qualified, courageous leaders. We don't. Yeah. Everything pretty much in society rises and falls on leadership. Yeah, it does. So at this point, having uh, looked at the fact that we have a vote, a possibility, everybody can vote on 2 April, I don't believe anything's going to happen short of the rapture until we change out some leadership. So I am exhorting anybody that is concerned about discipline or a whole host of other issues to uh, to vote and to vet the people and to just look on what the different candidates are for or are not for. Yeah. And it's pretty clear to me if you really care about the children, their education, and frankly, the safety of teachers, administration, and students. Yeah. So, Pastor Ross, you, you when you, you know, Calvin was talking about this other pack, this unity pack, they're just wanting unity. And and it's like, don't rock the boat. Right. Like, things are going okay. Leave us alone. Just, you know, everything's happy. But yet at the same time, you hear reports of like transgender and homosexual stickers and literature posted on pretty much every door at Central High School. Um, I imagine being a pastor, I am as well. And I know my Baptist brothers and sisters, that's not biblical values, conservative values that we stand on. So correct. what do you say to that? Well, that's uh, that's the nature of our culture today. Unfortunately, truth hurts, and when you start uh, challenging the cultural wisdom, if you will, or the the cultural behavior, you're naturally going to ruffle feathers. But bottom line, as a pastor, my number one obligation is to uh, tell people whether they receive it well or not. This is what Scripture says. Yeah. You've you've got to have a source of truth. It's got to come from somewhere. If it doesn't come from God, then it's going to come from the culture. And when truth is determined by the culture, it becomes relative. And therefore, for a, in a relativistic culture, person A can say this is wrong. Person B can say no, it's right. Both are right. Or I mean, it, there is no absolute truth. Moral relativism. Exactly. And so the church has to be willing to stand up and say. There is an absolute truth that dictates morality and behavior, and we have an obligation to present it and let the chips fall where yeah. they will. And, Pastor, for a lot of us in this area, um, we align with what you're saying. We're conservative, Christian, mm -hmm. and so what I'm hearing you gentlemen say is we need to have candidates on the school board that support our values and views. And so we're going to stick around. <clears throat> you guys still got time to stick around. I got a lot more I want to talk about. I want to talk about the concerned pastors of the greater Springfield area, what you guys are doing and um, as an organization, but also concerning the school boards, how to get involved, because the reality is this, there's candidates that are out there representing conservative values. And I want you all to tell us who they are and encourage people to vote for them. And so we'll do that. We're going to get to a local um, news update with Don Luzader and we'll be right back. We have Calvin Morrow, um, Pastor Stephen Rost and um, Dr. Scott McChrystal will be right back with um, Wake Up Springfield. Stick around. 560. You can support this terrorist act and hide behind anonymity. KWTO. I don't care what my headstone reads or what kind of pine wood box I end up in. When it's my time, lay me six feet deep in God's country. 
You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Matthew Frizzell. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Pastor Alex Bryant here this morning. We're winding up the show on Wednesday, February 28th. It's hump day, and we are talking in studio. We got a full studio, and we have Calvin Morrow. He is one of the leaders of the Concerned Pastors of the Ozark. We have Pastor Stephen Rost. He is at Emmanuel Baptist Church. And we have Dr. Scott McChrystal. Love that guy. Um, you guys know my love for him. He helped me on my campaign, endorsed me. He is um, a minister, a pastor, colonel, chaplain. He's done a little bit of everything. And his family has been in education for three, four decades and just really speaking out. So we're having a discussion about the school boards. All these gentlemen are concerned with the direction that it's headed and concerned enough to put their voice their time, their energy. And so we want to make sure that you all know the conservative candidates um, who we're representing and supporting. So let's dive into that. So, you know, Calvin, we have, you know, concerned pastor of the Ozarks. Who are the candidates that you guys are saying are conservative candidates you have vetted for school board? Uh, First of all, Alex, it's uh, concerned pastors of the greater Springfield area. Okay, greater, right. greater Springfield so, area. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry about that. I'll get it right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we are really excited because this is the first year, and I've been at this since 2010, where a group of pastors have come together in in, uh, in decent numbers. Um, we're probably in a neighborhood of 55 pastors in Springfield who have signed on to be active, to be uh, vocal, to be visible. And so uh, this is this has really given us a lot of uh, encouragement. Uh the the pulpit is probably the last place where we can get our message out. We're being uh, we're being shadow banned. We're being uh, squelched out. Our voices are very very uh, hard to get out. And so the church and the pulpit is the place that we have to accomplish this. And so what we've done is we're 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 supporting candidates who, like you say, represent our values. And uh, so Dr. Maryam Mahamakani has been there. She was the first candidate we were able to get in, get on board or help get on board. And then we have um, uh, two more that came after that. And so the last year we lost by, you know, 254 votes, and it was a gut punch. And this year those two candidates that lost are running again, and that's Chad Rollins and then that's Landon McCarter also. Sure. And so these are really solid candidates, and they are concerned about the community. So, um, Pastor um, um, Ross, what would you say to those pastors who are just maybe a little bit <clears throat> apprehensive about speaking up, speaking out. Um, they have people in their congregation who are going to vote, who are conservative, and who would like to know these candidates. What would you say to encourage those pastors to uh, support these conservative candidates? Well, the first thing I would say is uh, I don't know of a pastor yet that hasn't had um, objections to what's going on in the culture, conservative pastors, True. that is. True. So I would say to any pastor who is conservative and stands with conserv- on conservative principles, if you are not encouraging your people to vote for good conservative candidates, if you're not willing to uh, be bold enough to be engaged in the culture and admonish people to vote correctly um, and deal with the problems that have been mentioned here in Springfield, then you've basically lost the moral authority to stand up in the pulpit and condemn what's going on in culture if you're not participating in making changes or helping to change. Yeah, that's a strong word. Yeah, it is. And I think the church bears some responsibility, uh, I hate to say it, for 
disassociating itself from cultural and political engagement. I told my congregation one couple of Sundays back, who made the rule that the church cannot be involved in politics? Yeah. I don't well, know. Wasn't that, that a big rule. lie they used to tell? Don't t- I remember growing up, don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. Right. And the two most important topics <laughs> that determine the state of our cultural affairs. Absolutely. Um, so, Dr. McChrystal, you, again, your educational background, you taught at the um, military academy. Tell me, tell me again, give me your, you, is West Point where you taught at? You were there yes, during 9 11, weren't you? Seven years, yes. Yeah, you, you were addressing the cadets during 9 11, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, and, and your family has a history of being educators. Your wife as well, wasn't she an educator at Hillcrest? Is that correct? She, uh, for over 20 years in an assortment of different schools, but also here in Springfield. So you mentioned that Dr. Miriam Muhammad Khani, or that they didn't talk about discipline last night. And I understand that Dr. Miriam Muhammad Khani was trying to get that on the, the um, docket for last night. What's going on? Why do you think that is? I would describe the, the climate, the environment last night as um, combative and downright rude. She and one other uh, conservative uh, school board member were just trying to exercise what I what I would call common sense. So let me just make a statement. I'm not taking off my Christian hat. I've been a minister for decades. But right now, what I'm appealing to, and I think all of us are, you don't have to be a Bible thumper to believe in values that are good for society and have been proven so for written history. Yeah. But... Just imagine if you have a kid, I'm saying this to people in the audience, or you're a grandfather or grandmother, you have a kid, and you don't know if your kid's going to get his uh, face bashed in or shot or bullied or whatever uh, from day to day. What does that say? And I want to say what uh, Pastor Ross said. If you are a pastor and you don't have the moral background and backbone to stand up, Shame on you. Shame on you. Man. And that's from a, a man who's fought for our country. Um, he's a soldier. He's a man of God, a father, minister, an educator. And, um, you know, that's, that's hard because, you know, I, I know a lot of pastors and you're not wrong with what you're saying. You're not wrong at all. I, I want to encourage you to take that not as an, in, an indictment, but as an encouragement to, it, mm-hmm. it, it's not too late to stand up and, and do the right thing to educate, to inform your congregation. Pastor, it looks like you're trying to say something. Well, there's a one of the finest political philosophers right now. He's a Roman Catholic, teaches at Princeton. And he wrote a very influential book that I wish every pastor would read. In fact, anybody that wants to read anything along these lines. Conscience and Its Enemies. Remarkable book. He identifies three pillars of a decent society. Number one is the respect for human dignity. Uh, Number two is respect for the family. And thirdly, a just and efficient legal system and government. Uh, Those three pillars are absolutely critical to a stable society, whether it's in Springfield, Missouri, United States. And the church is the one institution that has the moral ability to articulate what is critical about those and how those should be protected in our society. That's so good. 
So, Calvin, I'm going to kind of give you the final word on this. You have been extremely instrumental in galvanizing people and and just really sounding the alarm. You, I'd say Diane Ely, Dr. John Vaughn, I know you guys lead the group, the concerned pastors of the greater Springfield area. <laughs> I get it right? You got it, it right. right, yes. But so I'm going to give you the final word, like, you know, why, why are you working so hard at this? Why is it so important? It's so important because a lot of the ills that we're dealing with in society is because the church has vacated the responsibilities. We have created a vacuum, and I've, I, I, I know in, at the bottom of my heart that if the church understands its purpose in the culture, that we will basically steer the culture. So whether we win or lose this battle uh, before us with the school board, uh, it, would be, uh, the, it would be because the church did or did not get involved. That it's really that simple. Yeah. So we have to engage the culture. We have, the, as, as, as Pastor Ross was saying, we have the moral uh, uh, barometer. We have the, uh, what do you call it, the, basically the foundations, yeah. the truth. And so that's something that we need to keep holding up before the culture. I want to just say this as I'm, you know, here with these gentlemen here, these pastors, these ministers. Um, I don't think any of us have kids in the Springfield school. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking, I don't, I have nephews, but here's my point. If you're listening to this right now, you do. And if these gentlemen care enough to spend their time, their energy and to use their influence, you know, this is for you, you know, you know, <laughs> or Dr. McChrystal, I know your family. Your kids are good. Your kids are fine. You know, but you care enough, and and you care enough to serve. Um, Pastor, I don't know how old you are. You look like you're a little bit older than me. I'm just going to say. I'm 66. <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> and, you know, so I, I would assume you probably don't have kids in the school, maybe grandkids or, and, and parishioners I, for sure. No, actually, I've got uh, twin granddaughters, but they're going to a private school okay, so. because we're making sacrifices financially. Yeah. Um, I would like to say to anyone listening, it doesn't matter whether you have kids in a school or not. The point of it is these children are being conditioned or discipled to think and behave yeah. a certain way. They're going to be running this city someday, so you don't have to have kids in the public school system to be concerned about what's going on in the public school system. And that's my point. Like, if gentlemen who, I mean, uh, we're we're doing this. We don't even have a skin in the game, but you do. Right. You're listening. And, and these kids are going to be the leaders in the next generation, and we have to decide what kind of moral fabric that we want for our culture, for our society. We all love Springfield. We all love this area. And, again, I'm on the Nixon school board. We're good. I, I'm handling business. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my, I'm putting skin in the game over there. But again, I think about my nephews. I just talked to my, my nephew, Mikey, who shares a birthday with me. His birthday was Monday, February 26th. And, um, you know, eight, eight, eight year old and he's in the public school. And we want to make sure that, that the school board that represents them represent our values. We want kids being taught reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. The three R's, which none of us know why they're the three R's. <laughs> and not, you know, CRT, not DEI, you know, not, you know, the transgender ideology. Save that stuff for your home. If you want to talk to your kids about that, you do you in your home. But for the collaborative society, for us, we want our kids being taught the basics. I mean, I see you gentlemen, you know, shaking your head. Yeah. Did, I, did, I, did I get it right, Calvin? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's not really complicated what we want and what needs to happen. <laughs> there you go. So how can people get involved with what's going on? Well, they can get in touch with me, um, uh, Calvin Morrow. I, you could get me on my website, 
Uh, and also my email is uh, Calvin at cupofsalt.org. Calvin at cupofsalt.org. C-U-P-A-S-A-L-T. There you go. Org. So, hey, thank you, gentlemen, for being here, and thanks for what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Hey, we're going to get to a traffic update with Don Luzader, and then we'll be back with the morning dump right here on Wake Up Springfield. Stick around. Mm-hmm.